Hello, Lagos. Good afternoon. I am Sandra Ezekwesili, and these are your hard facts. First hard fact of the day, 13. That's how many days left to audition to be our next winner in the I Beg to Differ debate tournament. We've had three winners so far, and you could be number four. And all you need to do is debate four times. That's it. Four debates, one million at the end of that road. The first step is to audition. Go to www.nigeriainfo.fm to find out how to audition. This is open to every single student in Lagos, whether you are in private school or public school or the school for the blind, whatever school you are going to as a 12 to 16 year old in Lagos, go to our website, www.nigeriainfo.fm, audition. And if you're good enough, you could be part of the top 16 that battle it out here in August for a grand prize of 1 million naira. Second hard fact of the day, while the executive is honoring uh, retired Chief Justice Tanko Mohammed, the legislature is probing him. Immediately Mohammed uh, uh, retired, uh, President Buhari made him a Grand Commander of the Order of the Niger, GCON. A move, by the way, that Kingsley Mogalu has condemned. He says, I don't understand why we'll confer such a high honor on a man whose time as Chief Justice of Nigeria um, has been characterized with a lot of controversy which includes corruption. Uh, but now, Senate President Ahmed Lawan has ordered an investigation into Mohammed's running of the Supreme Court. Now, you know that uh, the CJN retired on health grounds just days after all the other Supreme Court justices uh, wrote a letter accusing him of diverting funds and uh, mismanaging the court. You even had Olimida Bata, the NBA president, uh, saying that he found it... Um, uh, suspect that at this time uh, the Chief Justice of Nigeria was choosing to retire while well, the retired Chief Justice was uh, choosing to retire. But uh, I will be updating you on that Senate investigation. It's very interesting though that the executive and legislature are taking such very different steps in the aftermath of um, Chief uh, Justice um, Mohammed Tanko's retirement. We'll see how uh, all of that goes. Now, if you're listening to uh, this show for the very first time, Hard Facts for the very first time, welcome aboard. You have joined one million Ligotians who listen every day. And hey, one million Ligotians cannot be wrong. So thanks for tuning in. I have a great show for you, starting with the big three. Let's talk about the workers' strike in Ogun State. Then let's talk about Mataole's response to critics of his plan to arm Zamfara people. And then let's talk about the House of Reps pressuring the UK government over Ike Faramado's trial. I hear that the Senate is also organizing to go and show support or maybe protest in the UK. Now, today's Wednesday, so at four o'clock, we'll bring you the glass ceiling. And on the glass ceiling, I want to talk about women's roles in the abuse of house helps. That's our conversation. Four o'clock. Don't miss it. On Balogun and Broad, let's talk about petrol supply and barbing salons. I have two business owners who want to talk to us about issues in those two industries. Uh, the barber is actually a woman. It's not a very common thing, but uh, we'll have a conversation with her from 5 p.m. and uh, see how that's going. From 6.15, let's continue that conversation that we had yesterday about how our relationship with our family members 
change after marriage? Does it change? Does it stay the same? You have some people who say, oh, I've known my uh, father and mother and sister and brother my whole life. My wife is an outsider. My family members are my real family. So, you know, when I marry her, she has to do things the way we do in my family. Uh, and then you have those, of course, who say, oh, my brother got married and uh, his wife is the reason he's not close to the family anymore. She has jazzed him, you know, all kinds of stories. So let's talk about all of that from 6.15 after the news. As usual, we'll have uh, updates at the top of every hour. But let's get started with today's big three. I'm Sandra Ezekwesteli Lagos. These are your hard facts. Does a state government have any excuse not to remit pensions? Can state governments actually address security without police powers? And is the House of Reps taking sides in the Akwaramadu case? And should they? Those are the big three. Lagos, let's talk. Our first story is the civil servant strike in Ogun State. Our listeners who are in Ogun State, I'd love to hear from you on this one. Uh, government workers uh, there are accusing the government of various violations, including not paying statutory allowances for eight years and not remitting their pension uh, for the last 21 months. Pension deductions not been remitted for the last 21 months. They've called a general indefinite strike right now in Ogun State. All public schools are closed. All state courts are closed. Some public hospitals are closed. And more are expected to close very soon. In fact, uh, the punch is reporting that one of their journalists was beating up uh, when they went to cover a hospital uh, that was closed in Ogun State. They were beaten up by union members who were enforcing the shutdown of all activity in Ogun State. State and local government secretariats are closed as well. Now, the state governor, Dr. Abiodung, says that he wants to meet with the labor unions to address and resolve the problems. On the other side, NLC says before ordering the strike, they reached out to Governor Abiodung several times to raise the problems and to ask for a negotiation, but they didn't receive any response. Before going on the strike, the civil servants issued a seven-day ultimatum through the NLC. There was no response. So now, they're on strike. Governor Abiodun has also claimed that he has been paying salaries. Even though money from FAC has been reducing. He said, quote, most of their complaints were inherited from the previous administrations. But as a responsive and responsible government, we are tackling them one after the other. Even as we are being hampered by a paucity of funds. The money accruable to us from the Federation account and Sun Resources have been dwindling for a long time now. And this is affecting our ability to meet some of our obligations. Even at that, we've been prioritizing the interest of our workforce. End quote. So again, if you live in Ogun State or you work in Ogun State or you're very familiar with the situation in Ogun State, I want you to call us 0700-993-993-993-01465-7190. Tell us uh, what's happening there. Is it true uh, that the governor is paying salaries? Uh, these uh, old payments, are they from the past, like Governor Biodong is claiming? But let's also look separately at the issue of pension deductions because the civil servants seem to be saying that this is a recent thing. And the thing with pension deductions is that 
they have nothing to do with federal allocation. When it's time to pay salaries, the state deducts the pension payment for, for each civil servant. And they're supposed to send that money to their pension fund administration through the pension scheme. So whether or not federal allocation is reducing, there are no consigned pension. It shouldn't affect the state government's ability to do that. So that's the first thing. The second thing, the workers are alleging that the government deducts the pension contribution but does not remit it to the pension fund administrators. And if that is true, that is fraud. That is theft. That is corruption. So there has to be an answer for why that is happening. And under normal circumstances, somebody should lose their jobs and go to jail. Will that happen in Ogun State? Again, if you live and work in Ogun, or you just work there, or you just live there, give us your insights about whether these old allowances are from past administrations or whether they are more recent. And what do you think about the NLC calling this uh, general civil servant strike? And what do you think about this non-remission of uh, non-remittance of uh, of, the, of the pensions? Women call us on 01465-7190. Men call us on 0700-993-993-993. Hello. Thanks for calling us. Hello. Yeah, good afternoon. Good afternoon. What's your name, sir? Good afternoon. Hi. Good afternoon. What's your name? Yeah, my name is Rigmond. Hi, Rigmond. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So, I, I, I actually live in Ogun State. Okay. I'm going to be precise. Okay. Um, a student. Okay. Yeah. So, I really don't know about much about the um the civil servants workforce. I mean, now they're paid or something. Okay. But what I just see from this is, um, I guess the workers are trying to take their own toll from the shenanigans that is happening with the gov with the governor. You know, um, the governor has been in Oswasa for for weeks now. You know with the issue of corruption, some allegations on him and the likes. Mm. So this same thing has happened when I was now a Mekiti State. So I was also a student there, you know. So the um the government then the governor said Oh, that's unfortunate. We've lost the connection to that caller. Ninety nine point three, hello. <coughs> Sorry about that. Call back if you can. Ninety nine point three, hello. No, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Okay. What's your name, sir? Okay. Welcome. Good to have you on the show. Um, I don't really understand how government will want to say it is not my own problem. It's a former government. I believe we run a continuous government, even if it's a different party, but government is supposed to be continuous. So if you have an issue with the past one and you think you cannot be able to look for a solution to it, and when do we start seeing things working differently in Nigeria? What does it take for you to deduct money from my salary that you are keeping for me for my pension, and after I've retired, you don't want to pay me back the money? Mm. Because definitely I know you don't just keep that money. One way or the other, you use it to run business, and, and you gain interest on it. Mm. And you are not giving me my own money, and you are not even giving me the interest that has been accrued mm. past time. I don't understand how we do this. This should be an impeachable offense in any part of the world. I don't understand how we run our pens in Nigeria. Nigeria is, we are doing things as if 
most of the people in Nigeria are, they are non-educated. Like we don't understand how things work. Things should not be hard. I don't understand how we are going backward instead of going forward. I don't know. Nigeria, we really need to do something about ourselves and our institution in general. Thank you. All right. Thank you very much for calling us from Papa 99.3. Hello. Hello. Good to have you on the show, sir. What's uh, good your name? afternoon, Sandra. Good afternoon. What's your name, sir? Hello. Hello. I can hear you. Can you hear me, Sandra? Yes, I can. What's your name, sir? Hello. Hello. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Hello, Sandra. Oh, looks like we're having network issues. Hello. Can you hear me? Okay. All right, then. Uh, it looks like we're back to the network problem, the, to the connection problems that we used to have a few days ago. So I will have the tech team uh, come and take a look at that problem and solve it. 99.3, hello. Hello, Sandra. This is your minister for defense, Achike from Festa. Achike, welcome. Sandra, mm-hmm. in a country where, in fact, very soon, I hear you just see your Nepal bill to be president. Even omitted one story, what of the one of these uh, Tinubu's running mates that have lost the certificate? So I don't know, the standards of governance is dropping by the day. In fact, very soon, you just need to sharp notes to be president. As in, we don't have standards, it's depression. <laughs> and there are no consequences. That's the main issue. Okay, Achike, thanks for calling. Yeah, here's what I will say about certificates and uh, things like that. Um, If you're a young person or an old person, I would advise that you scan your certificates and upload them into the clouds. Um, You know, so for instance, I have Adobe Scan on my phone and you can download that from your app store. And if if you have Adobe, uh, is it Adobe or Adobe? If you have that and you, um, what's the word I'm looking for now? You scan your documents. They are safe in the clouds of Adobe. Right. So um, do that so that you don't find yourself in a situation where rats have eaten yours or bandits have stolen it or you simply do not know where it is because you went to you know primary and secondary and university so long ago. You know, so get it done. You know, put it in the clouds. It stays in the clouds forever. You never know when you're going to need to defend that you went to school. Ninety nine point three. Hello. Thanks for calling us. Hello. Good to have you on the show. What's your name? Yeah, this is Timothy. Timothy, welcome. Uh, I want to say, uh, actually, there's something you missed. Okay. Just like the last caller said. Okay. He said that he did not include um, a Tinubu uh, result certificate saga. Uh, because that's because that, that's not one of my big stories. You know, I don't think that that's a big story, to be honest. We've got Michael on the line. Hi, Michael. Hi, um, Sandra. Good, Good morning. Good evening, my time. Where are you joining us from? Yeah, I'm, I'm calling from um, Edmonton in Canada. Welcome. Go ahead. Yeah, so um, concerning the pension funds, mm-hmm. um, so from my experience, when uh, your pension is actually deducted from your from your gross, you know, and it is basically not taxable, mm-hmm. depending on whatever the policy of the government is, they are either match to a percentage, you know, and of course, um, deposit to the um, fund administrator. So if the government is not, um, uh, if, if they are not remitting those funds to the administrator, the administrator are also liable, they should be sued as well, because they have a contract between themselves and 
the customer, which are the government worker, which is, you know, basically not, uh, uh, I mean, uh, they're, they're basically different from and themselves being a government worker. So what I mean by that is uh, whatever money that the uh, the government is, you know, giving uh, the bank on the, I mean, the bank or the pension for on behalf of the employee, they have to be given the employee like monthly information of how their funds is growing and stuff like that. Right. So if the pension funds are not, um, if they are not really given the information or the, the employee don't have access to get information about how their funds, you know, is on a monthly basis, then the company or whichever company that is managing the fund also should be prosecuted. This is daylight robbery. Uh, I mean, it's it's really sad that Ogun State is going through this. That's my contribution. Good morning. Michael, thanks for joining us from Canada today. Uh, if you just tuned into the show, hello to you. I told you that uh, in Ogun State, uh, the civil servants have gone on strike. Government workers there are accusing the government of various violations, including not paying um, their allowances for eight years, not remitting their pension deductions for the last 21 months. So they've called a general indefinite strike uh, in Ogun State at the moment. All public schools are closed, courts are closed, some public hospitals are closed, more are expected to close very soon. Uh, Governor Dakwa Biodun says that um, he wants to meet with the labor unions, but uh, the labor unions ha are saying that before they went on strike, they continued to try to reach the governor to try and negotiate, but they received no response. And so now they're on strike. The governor also claimed that uh, he has been paying salaries, um, even though money from um, federal allocation has been reducing. He says that um, uh, the complaints that uh, they're getting from civil servants in Ogun State were inherited from uh, the previous administrations. And uh, they're saying that, um, that they're doing their best to meet their obligations but then of course there's also the the matter of pension deductions because what the civil servants seem to be saying is that this pension deductions matter is a recent something you know and pensions deductions have nothing to do with federal allocations when it's time to pay salaries state deducts pension payment for each civil servant and they're supposed to send that money to their pension uh, fund administrator so whether allocation como or you know como, as long as you're paying salaries and you're deducting the pension contribution, because that's what's alleged to be happening here in Ogun State, the, 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 the deductions are happening, but the remittance is not happening to the PFAs. And if that's the truth, that's fraud happening there. That's, that's theft. It's corruption there. So the why of it has to be known because under normal circumstances, people should be losing their jobs for that. People should be going to jail for that. So again, I'm asking those of you who live in Ogun State or work in Ogun State, talk to me about, uh, you know, these allowances that uh, the Ogun State current government is saying, oh, these are problems from the previous administrations, you know. And what do you think about NLC calling the general civil servant strike? We'll take a break. When we come back, we'll keep talking. This is Nigeria Info 99.3. Don't go away. This is an infomercial. 
I'm Sandra Ezekwesili. You're listening to Hard Facts on 99.3 Nigeria Info. If you just joined the show, Governor Bello Matawale says his plan to arm Zamfara people does not break the law. You know the background. Uh, Matawale has asked residents, especially farmers, to arm themselves for defense against terrorists. He also asked the commissioner of police to give more firearms permits and instructed the 19 Emirates in the state to each apply for more permits. Uh, you also know that the CP uh, has said that, um, well, he's not going to be able to take orders from Matawali on this situation. And uh, the Chief of Defense Staff, General Loki Rabo, has also said that uh, Governor Matawali should face other policy issues and leave security alone. Now, Matawali has spoken and he said, quote, as those entrusted with the safety of lives and property of the people, we will do everything possible to uphold this responsibility within the ambit of the law. We are also aware that the security forces are doing their best to combat this formidable challenge. Their efforts are, however, hampered by the lack of adequate modern warfare equipment and a dearth of personnel. Our decision to mobilize people to secure their communities is therefore for the people to complement the efforts of the conventional security forces in dealing with banditry and fishing out informants. The acquisition and usage of firearms by the public who desire to do so would be governed by the Nigeria Firearms Act." End quote. So Matawale is saying that um, soldiers are trying, no, but their best is simply not good enough right now. They are under-equipped, they are understaffed, and so the people of the state cannot be expected to fold their arms. Uh, but he's also insisting that under the Firearms Act, it is legal for his people to arm themselves if they follow the due process. And I want to know whether you agree or disagree with Matawale's thinking here. Because uh, the Zamfara situation has reignited the debates over whether a state governor is a chief security officer in name only or whether they are really allowed to take meaningful leadership on security. And and uh, former, a, a former governor has weighed in. Um, Babatunde Raji Fashola, Lagos's former governor, um, he's currently the Minister of Works and Housing. And he says that there is nowhere in the Constitution that security is listed as the responsibility of the federal government or president alone. In the second schedule of the Constitution, where the responsibility of the federal government is set only, you will see responsibility for the police, the armed forces, etc., which are law enforcement agencies, but you will not see the word security. If you take a narrow view of what security entails, you might be tempted to conclude that this is only a federal affair. But if you understand that these agencies, except for the uh, deterrence that they may offer, usually arrive when there is a breach of security. End quote. So I just read to you word for word. Uh, what uh, Raji Fashala said, and I and I and I want to hear what you think about that. I want you to help me understand what Fashala is saying there, because on the one hand, he admits that governors have no power over the police, since the constitution places policing under the federal government in the ex exclusive list. But on the other hand, he's saying that policing is only one aspect of security. So here's my question: Is it really? Is it really possible to assure security if you don't have control over a force to enforce security? 
Because without the power of policing, the only tools available to a state governor to enable security are things like dialogue and intelligence gathering. And even intelligence gathering is limited because bear in mind that um, getting search warrants, going undercover, um, uh, the power of the police you know, covers those things as well. The power of police is not limited to just arrest. It extends to stuff like investigations as well. These things are all integral parts of an effective intelligence gathering operation. But these are all police powers. So any state government or local governments that you see doing these things is actually usurping the police powers of the federal government. So do state governments really have the legal power to handle security in their states? I loved the conversation that we had on today's episode of the Roundtable uh, with the Sunnyside team. Uh, Swat Dunia from Abuja was talking about state police quite a bit. What do you think about Matawali's comments? What do you think about Fashala's comments? 0700-993-993-993. You can still talk to me about our first story where we went to Ogun State. Civil servants there are on strike. Government workers are accusing the government of various violations. 99.3, hello. Hello. Hello, good afternoon, Sandra. Good afternoon. What's your name, sir? Uh, I'm Benjamin. I'm calling from Kedja. Welcome, Benjamin. Go ahead. Yeah, I I was listening to the analysis so far, but mm. there is. Uh, I just want to make comment on what Fashola uh, said. Right. Mm -hmm. But Sandra, you see, uh, in as much he made such comments, we know that in this country, the the security apparatus were single-handedly handled by the federal government okay. in all due states. But it's unfortunate that even when we have governors in states and there are such challenges and they cannot withstand insecurity in their states. And now, as a governor or former governor, you are telling us this is what uh, the responsibility of federal government and uh, the governors are not... Uh, able to handle that is fat lie. If you are a governor, you have responsibilities to to tackle your state if there is insecurity in your state. And uh, in other way around, you don't leave responsibilities of uh, security single-handedly for the federal government. It should be both sides. And why do we have governors? It's unfortunate. And uh, we see that people are these are governors. They are lost in ways. They are lost in hands from uh, from the system, and they are not working. And, and thank God that uh, we Nigerians, the young guys, I see most, most of them in Kedja and they are getting registered and they are doing the, the, the nice thing for, for, for this PVC election coming. I just pray that the way the, 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 the system is going, we, sh we, we young people should know what is right for this country. Thank you. All right. Thank you very much for calling. We've got MMR. Uh, is that your name, sir? What's your name, sir? No, it's... This is Mr. Frank. Now, you know what I call. Okay. Hi, Mr. Frank. Welcome. <laughs> uh -huh. The Vice President of Fast Good to have you on the show. Go ahead. Auntie Sandra. Sir. This is uh, for a matter now. It has been going on for some some times now. I have not heard anything from the Mr. President, the Buari himself. Is he waiting for until when these people massacre people, now he will send his condolences? Why is he behaving this way? People are dying every day by the and the governor now the thing the, the governor now is is confused. 
telling people to carry arms. If they carry arms, now who is going to collect these arms from them when the time will come? Every other people are bringing their own ideas without knowing what those people are passing through. Even if those people run away from their villages now to another place, it will take them enough time to, to come back to their senses. Let everybody come out now. Let the president come out and the chief of staff, let them come out and send police, army, everybody to go and fight for these people now so that there will be peace in this country. Alexandra, thank you. Thank you very much for calling. We've uh, we've got Kevin on the line. Hi, Kevin. Hey, Sandra, I greet you. I greet you too. <laughs> um, I hate to disagree with our excellent former governor of Lagos State. <laughs> okay. But I'm a bit confused about his analysis on this issue. Mm. Because um, even though some of us in the Netherlands, as they used to say, the lawyers, you know, we know very well, for those of us that had the cup of the Constitution, you know, with us, mm. it's clear that um, the issue of security is exclusive to the federal government. Right. It's very clear in the Constitution that a lot of people have said is a military document. So um, the, the, the state governor has no really has no power over that, you know. That's why I, I was advising the governor of Zafra State to explore other means to tackle the issue of insecurity in the state. Because um, he cannot exclusively give instructions to the Commission of Police without the Commission of Police taking instructions from the Inspector General of Police. That's just the way it is. And um, earlier today, during this review with Sheriff, I was a bit uh, upset when the former president was talking about the uh, national cover that happened in 2014. That 600 recommendation that was dumped has a lot of solutions to our problem in this country. But not all this issue of state police, security, and everything, that document has almost all the solutions to our problem. But it was, you know, just, just because I don't know what, you know, whether there's no willpower to do it. So, Mr. Governor of Zanfra State, I implore you to explore other options. It is sad that this is happening, but that's just the way it is. And um, regarding your first story, you know, earlier today, I watched Governor Beno State giving reasons why he, too, was not paying salaries. They always have excuses for doing the wrong things. That's what these, these people are, always having the excuses. If you say you inherited the past, I think I thought governance was about inheriting liabilities and the assets. So um, the people of Ogo State, it's not left to you. You have another time for, with you there to choose right and to do, another, to do the needful. The choice is yours. Thank you, Sandra. Thank you, Kevin, for calling. Colette is on the line. Hi, Colette. Hello. Hi, thanks Sandra, for calling. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Um, my name is Carla. I'm calling from Matogo Ogun State. W- welcome. Um, this issue of uh, Ogun State civil servants going on all round strike. Right. Look, uh, they are going for this strike too late. Okay. I'm sorry I'm going to sound differently and I'm going to sound a bit weird. Okay. These civil servants deserve what they are getting. Mm, okay. They are all all the time mm. drumming support for a governor they know they, that is not performing. Okay. They voted him in massively. Okay. They knew his incompetence. Even when he buried his father, he used all the money in Ogunse to bury his father. During the time of lockdown, he was busy with BB Niger. They are still uh, singing and praising him. I'm not pitying them all. All the old and young that is holding uh, salary or arrears or pension within Ogun State, they mm. deserve what they are getting. They deserve what they are getting. Okay. They worked for it. They have gotten it. 
inoculated. There is no road at all. You provide your water, your road, your everything. Every person inoculated run like a local government. There's complete absence of governance in Ogun State, not just the salary of the civil servants. Mm. Ogun State is, is almost non-existent. Most people living here are working in Lagos. Wow. But Ogun State is supposed to be a very big state. We have a factory here, we are running, we are living here, we are working here. Nothing is working here. And they will continue to drum support for him even tomorrow. So what they voted in, that is what they are receiving. Good luck to them. All right, Colette, thanks for calling. Now, both chambers of the National Assembly are mobilizing support for Senator Ike Kwaramado. That's our third story. Um, first, the Senate, of which Kwaramado is a member, the Red Chamber is sending its Foreign Affairs Committee to the UK to lend him moral support and also to liaise with the authorities there. Uh, Senate President Ahmed Lawan said, quote, the Senate delegation will leave the country in two days. All federal government agencies should ensure that justice is done in the Aparamadu's case. The Ministry of Foreign Affairs should ensure they provide every service that is required for the traveling and the engagement of our committee, end quote. The House of Reps is also rallying the ra- rallying around the senator. Speaker Femi Bajabiamila says that the Green Chamber will apply what he calls legislative diplomacy to make sure the UK authorities give the Aparamados justice. The speaker said, quote, I have spoken with the Nigerian High Commissioner to the UK, Sharafa Ishola, who has been extremely proactive in this matter, and I express the need for him to continue to avail Senator Aquaramado with all the necessary assistance that he will need to prove his case. I think this should be heightened as well to the UK Parliament. I would try and get in touch with the Speaker of the Parliament, who I was opportune to meet and had fruitful uh, discussions with just a couple of months ago. I believe the Chairman of the House Committee on Foreign Affairs, Buba Yusuf, should also get in touch with his foreign affairs counterpart in the UK Parliament. So it is important that we apply diplomatic pressure. Nigeria has very strong diplomatic ties with the United Kingdom, and all those areas must be explored. I wish the Senator and his family well. We cannot imagine what they are going through at this time. End quote. Here's my first question. Do you believe it's possible that the UK authorities will deny Ekwaramada justice unless the National Assembly puts pressure on them? Now, before we analyze these uh, moves by the National Assembly, I want to read uh, the words of Abdul Kadeh Abdullahi, a House of Reps member, uh, to you. He said these on the floor of the House. He said, quote, We cannot have a situation where a simple allegation that has not been thoroughly investigated would result in a high-ranking public officer who has served and is still serving the Nigeria public and the Nigerian state, and he has a diplomatic passport. We cannot allow this to happen, end quote. Now, I need to clarify that the UK Metropolitan Police and the prosecution are claiming that there was an investigation before these charges were brought. This doesn't mean that Ekparamadu is guilty or he's innocent, but it is important to fact-check Abdullahi and point out that the UK authorities say that they did conduct an investigation which started in May. But I want to draw your attention to something else that Abdullahi said. He said, quote, if it can happen to somebody of a Kwaramada's status, I wonder what would happen to ordinary Nigerians, end quote. <laughs> this is 
actually a very hilarious thing to say, isn't it? Because ordinary Nigerians, as Abdullahi calls them, are getting arrested all over the country, all over the world every day. So the question becomes, how often does the National Assembly step in to protect the rights of those ordinary Nigerians being prosecuted abroad to make sure they receive justice? Wouldn't it be accurate to say that the only reason NAS is getting involved and sending delegations is because Ekwaramado is not an ordinary Nigerian? It's the same thing we see with unpaid salaries. In all the cases where we hear of unpaid salaries and pensions of civil servants, have you ever heard that state governor no get salary or commissioner no get salary or state assembly people no get salary? No. They always take care of themselves first. So another question I have is, is it in poor taste for the National Assembly to be flexing its muscles to protect one of its members abroad when they are currently not doing that for ordinary Nigerians facing justice abroad? Because remember, they're doing this on your dime. The delegation will fly to the UK on your expense. If you had a choice, would you fly them abroad to show support for Ekwaramadu or should they use that money to do something else? Also, how do you feel about the National Assembly seeming to take sides here? Because remember that the Ekwaramadus uh, are being accused of doing something to another Nigerian. Think about it. Let's take a break. When we'll come back, we'll talk. This is Nigeria Info 99.3.